You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, this uh, this evening is being brought to you by Jolly Rancho Beer. It's a rosé tart <laughs> ale. That's freaking horrible. I know what I'm drinking for love of pages. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week we are here talking about the series finale of WandaVision on Disney+. I hope everybody is able to recover. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No one cared. All right. Cool. <laughs> no, I cared. I have just. I've. I've had a beer, so I'm okay. <laughs> I, I had. A, I had a good time. I don't feel like I lost anything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was more a victim of my own like setup and hype than anything. But that's not the show's fault. I was gonna say that's. That sounds like that's what most of the internet felt like. Uh, so, you're not alone, no. John. No. <laughs> It's good to hear that sometimes. <laughs> uh, as 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 always, John is here, his co-host. Hey. hey. <laughs> so is Jessica. Hello. And Stephen. It's me. <laughs> Elizabeth. Good evening. And myself. Uh, we will get into our week's watch first, and then break down our thoughts on the ninth episode of Wandavision. There's a lot to, t- to tackle there, so uh, I think we should definitely get through the Geeks Watch quick. <laughs> or the Weeks Watch, yeah. sorry. No, I want to open the name of the episode. <laughs> the episode 9. There's a lot to talk about in there, so we should get through the, the Geeks Watch. <laughs> I mean, that sounds about right. Uh, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, I would fail at having a Weeks Watch <laughs> if I lived by myself. I would just like to note this for posterity. <laughs> Luckily, Steven recommends things to Mitch, who then watches them in the main living room of the house. So therefore, I watch them through osmosis. <laughs> I, I feel like Mitch, Mitch recommends things to me more than I recommend things to him. I'm very curious to find out what this ended up being. Well, so we watched Ted Lasso. We're oh. We've got two episodes left. That's right. We do have two episodes left. But we, we, and I did not start at the start. No, you came in at episode four. Because that's the way this works. <laughs> <laughs> However, it was highly entertaining, if not also very difficult for me, because yeah. I suffer from secondhand embarrassment <laughs> mm-hmm. or agree. And this show has a lot of that. 
Mm-hmm. And so I spent most of the four episodes that I watched pacing the living room and screaming at Mitch how why he can't why he isn't uncomfortable with this because it's very clearly uncomfortable. I think it's a lot better than The Office in that regard, though. Yeah, I would say that this show doesn't have as much of the relying on awkwardness for the comedy as as other shows or more modern shows should I should say. I mm-hmm. I'm Even sure I. I actively avoid most of those shows <laughs> because I can't take it. So I don't know that I've ever seen a full episode of The Office. I've probably seen an episode pieced together. Well, you watched Kim's Convenience with me and that was enough yeah. awkwardness for you. And I got through like two episodes. And I was with, done. The part where I decided that Kim's Convenience might have too much stress for me was actually during the one where... Um, the mom brings stuff to the like the potluck at the church. Oh yeah, <laughs> and everyone's gonna get some. And I was like, my god, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, Ted Lasso is on Apple TV. It stars uh, Jason Sudeikis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Hannah, other British people, and other British people, <laughs> all the other British people. Um, <laughs> I'm clearly an expert in this field that that we all podcast on. <laughs> I am not. I don't do any of this. Uh, but it was it was highly entertaining. It's a cute storyline. I like most of the characters, which is nice because that's not typical. Um, and I'm seeing some good character growth, which is always yeah, always fun. I think but, yeah. I think. It helped that this isn't a very plot-driven show. It's more. It's definitely a character development show, character-based show. So you hmm. missing the first three episodes didn't really hurt you all that much. I just said, this is what's happening, and this is and this is where we're at. Like it was yep. three sentences, and you were in, like, or at least you understood what was happening at the moment. And I could fully enjoy all of the episodes I watched. So yeah, that's something I want to say is about the show is that there's no like real antagonists like you do care about all the characters mm-hmm. like normally there would be the one snotty character that you just like well that person needs to go down but really they do a great job of making you care about everybody well it's mm-hmm. more the antagonist is situational mm-hmm. or external yeah so like the ex-husband is well, clearly an antagonist. But like in four episodes, I saw him for like thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Rupert has a good arc. Yeah, it's messed up. Why is Giles cool? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is valid. This is valid. He he went back to England and and got a lot of money. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but yes. Well, uh, it's more cyclical because he was cool when he was Ripper. When he was Ripper, and then he became uncool <laughs> as a librarian. As a librarian, <laughs> and then went back to being cool when he bought a football team. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Uh, yes. But yes. Ted Lasso is on Apple TV Plus as an original, and uh, you have to have iPhone to be able to watch it or i Apple products. So. Uh, there's that. Wait, I, I was curious. You guys are watching this later than a lot of people were, even yes. myself, who yes. watched it very late. I feel. Um, do you do you think that other people that have not picked up watching it just quite yet, if they know someone who has an account for this, should they put the time into reaching out to to watch the series? 
most definitely. If you yeah. if you love like good characters and and very heartfelt like speeches and and if you need something uplifting yeah. because it's a very <clears throat> uplifting show. It's a very feel good show. Yeah, I honestly didn't think like I put this on while I was writing because I needed some background noise and I didn't think it could possibly live up to all the hype that it was around it like being so good uh, I got through three episodes writing stuff and then all of a sudden I, I was hooked and I could not focus on what I was writing so <laughs> that uh, that failed for me <laughs> so instead of the writing using trying to use the t- this TV show distracting him from his writing I then distracted him from the TV show pacing around the living room <laughs> so so yes, and but if anybody, anybody has the opportunity, please give it a watch. I think it. I, I know it was, it was nominated for Golden Globes. I don't know if it won any Golden Globes though. I don't know. All I know is that yeah. while shooting their second season, they got extended into a third season. So oh, they have eight. Oh no, I do know. Uh, Jason Sudeikis <laughs> won at the Golden yeah. Globes oh, because, for. He was in the hoodie. <laughs> yep, he was in the hoodie. That's right. That's right. Uh, Stephen, what did you watch this week? So I had a lot of things that I watched this week and I had a hard time choosing which one to talk about until mm-hmm. last night around midnight. Wow. <laughs> this week I watched a lot. So I watched a thing that you'll hear a lot more about uh, on another podcast that Mitch is on uh, the Mitch and Rich show. Um, they'll be talking about coming to America. John, mm-hmm. are you going to talk about that one today? Possibly? No. Okay, cool. So yeah, go watch that other podcast or listen to that other podcast. You could say, um, and then I also watched Barb and Star uh, go to visit or go to Vista Del Mar, and that was great. Um, it's it's a very like extra medium five out of ten. Be doing something else and have this playing in the background kind of movie. Extra medium. But <laughs> if you know someone else who already has a rental for it on Amazon, and it's like, well, I mean, I have two days. You want me to give you my login? Take the login and put it on and make dinner. It's a fun time. Um, but the the thing that I watched last night that is very much the thing that I will be reaching to put on every time I'm near a TV and have nothing else to do was murder among the Mormons. Really? Yeah. It's great. Okay. It's really good. I'm good. I was going to say, I saw the trailer for it on Friday when I posted it for our uh, geekly media, social media. But other than that, I've only seen one person actually talk about it so far. And Mm -hmm other than you so I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say i mean i i know for me i have like an added level of an interest in this one because i grew up mormon ah that's right uh, but there's a, a, in no way shape or form am i a person who was on board for all of the different parts of the religion that are very much subject to scrutiny um, as like an eight year old, I was like, I don't know about this. And then stop believing in this promptly. Um, <laughs> but it's not just the parts about the religion or the church or the different, uh, intrigue t- tied specifically to the church that makes it interesting. Even just the actual true crime aspect of this string of bombings that happened yeah. attached to some church documents already makes it interesting in and of itself. And I'm really glad that it's a story that I don't already know uh, interesting facts about because so often that'll make the watching a documentary less interesting possibly because yeah. you'll, you'll already have the idea of a certain, certain part of the story in your mind already. So if they present a different 
version of that, you might check out. Right now, I'm just learning everything about these individual characters they're, they're interviewing. I, I really like it. It's it's an interesting watch. Um, I don't know how many parts it is total, but I know Netflix made a big deal about it being a limited series, so it might just be four or six episodes. But they're long. Really? How, I mean, like how long? I feel like there's like, like 54 minutes or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's an interesting one. Even if you're just a person who likes true crime, I think it would be interesting. If you're a person who is uh, left a religion that was uh, <laughs> like a Judeo-Christian religion, it's probably going to be interesting to you in that regard also. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. And they did a really good job of getting file footage and stuff. Um, they even had a recording of the guys, of, of one of the victims, uh, his answering machine tapes in there that's a very specific get yeah. while making a documentary that's way to go <laughs> did you did you did you say what year the, the crime took place um mid 80s i believe okay yeah that's interesting <laughs> all right that's on netflix right now mm-hmm. uh jessica what did you watch this week so i was really worried i wasn't gonna have a week's watch because i've been mainly watching x-men constantly <laughs> i'm on season three the dark i think i'm almost through the dark phoenix saga which is just kind of driving me nuts because it's by far the cheesiest of the saga no one's <laughs> ever done with, they're never done with the dark phoenix saga it goes on forever oh that's great the space part of the phoenix saga isn't it all the space part i don't i think no i think they just came back to space i think Gene finally phoenixed them to space. I think that was the last episode I watched. <laughs> put that. Um, so it's just, I don't know. I, I did a good tweet about it, or it's just the lines in it are just so like, I know she's real. I love her from Professor X. And just like, what? Like, <laughs> I've known her for thousands of years in my mind. And, you know, Jean's like, no, Scott, don't kill him. And she's like, that's his father. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> to, to anyone who's ju- obviously just hearing this, she put her hands to her temples mm-hmm. in the most accurate X-Men the Animated <laughs> Series impression. <laughs> I can, uh, this is just, and I think it's just worse because I want to like Jean so much but every version of her i i hate i don't like her at all i yeah i think the closest one i've liked was the which i can't remember her actual name but sansa stark which i never watched the phoenix movie yet because i heard it was so bad but i i liked her like acting as Jean gray but like the other ones are just like oh god why are you and it's more like that i hate scott so much (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that one's for sure I have never found a version of Scott that I like like he's just oh god do, do, you, like, like, do you like Inuyasha the cartoon like the anime did you enjoy yeah. it yeah it was like the first anime I ever watched the voice of Miroku is the voice of G- of Scott in uh, X-Men Evolution oh, oh in he Evolution actually, he actually okay, also, I was what? he, he uh, recently died he passed oh huh. mm-hmm. Rest in peace. I was I was gonna say they didn't really start writing either one of those characters, Scott or Gene, well until like most recently, like 
the last 15 years i in my opinion so <laughs> like within the comic book world because like i right. haven't like, right I yeah just... the comic book world so that so the the, yeah. ca- the cartoon world's not going to portray them well either since okay because yeah they're straight written. up comics yeah. i feel yeah and yeah i i'm enjoying it like i don't want to say i hate it like i am enjoying it but i'm enjoying it because it's so like eye rolly like oh my god like just, did they just <laughs> say that like and then the whole rogue thing too. Sorry, I'm supposed to keep this short, but <laughs> finding okay. out why rogue could fly was just what? Like that whole episode was like you could fly because you sucked Captain Marvel into your mind, and I'm like, what? And Prospect's like, we can't do anything about it though, so I raced it. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like, Captain what Marvel was just gone. Captain Marvel's gone for what, like? 35 years or something? No, 30 years? I, not 30 years, but for a good amount of time, yes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, like, I'm just, how are we okay? Like, my issue was, I feel like as Rogue, as, like, anybody within the X-Men who are good people should be like, we should probably try to, like, side quest, figure out how to get her out. Like, but no, and it's like, like oh, can't way. do it. Just, <laughs> just erase it. Never happened. Which I guess that's Professor <laughs> X's thing, but, like, just forget about it it's fine it won't bite <laughs> us in the ass later on <laughs> but yeah that so my actual week's watch is something new is something i've been watching with my mom for quite a while um it's called escape to the chateau it's currently on hgtv i think you can also find it on peacock but it's um it's the show of two british people it's originally a bbc channel 4 show um Dick Strawbridge and his partner, Angel Adori, with their two young kids by a chateau and in the middle of France. And it's on this huge chunk of land and it has, it's a moat. It looks like a castle. Like it's just, it's awesome. It's gorgeous. And they, it's, but it's utterly run down. But um, Dick is a engineer and um, Angel, she's a, um, like a designer and also like a vintage boutique ish owner. Like she's just her own business person too. And just, it's just, and you slowly watch them like throughout the years, build this up to be a wedding venue and like a hotel and having, trying to put in truffle trees to make truffles and putting in a Victorian garden. Like it's just, it's just cool to see this chateau and these wonderful characters and this wonderful couple with their adorable kids, like, make the chateau into, like, their dream house. Like, he even puts up, he straight up builds his own elevator, a vacuum elevator. Like, he, wow. I was like, what the, like, this guy's like, we need an elevator. Oh, no, I think his wife was, Angel was like, we need an elevator. And he's like, I got it. We'll just vacuum <laughs> it. Only one person can be in it at a time. But we got an elevator. I'm like, what the crap? And I'm yeah. so stuck on their names. Those sound like fake names. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, but yeah, Dick Strawbridge and Angel, I guess her um, maiden name. I don't know if she took Strawbridge when they, they married, I think, on the first or second episode. Angel Adori? It yeah, sounds they, fake. That, sound, that sounds like an alcohol. They uh, Yeah, th- yeah, it does. But like they... They are like genuine people. They're like, yes, this would be the person that would have this name. Like, <laughs> like Angel, she loves taxidermy. So there's taxidermy everywhere. <laughs> but it's like, it's just like, I, I'm like, it's, it's just, it's cool. I love it. Her style aesthetic is 
crazy awesome. Like she does this huge like she does a room that's based off of like the 1920s era so it's all black and gold but it's not tacky like it just looks like yes I want to stay in this hotel room this looks amazing she paints gold into the grout of the shower and black tile like it's just like that looks so cool like never would have thought and she just has those like that creative mind that like as a creative person you wish you had that mind as well like you're like like I'm creative but like she's like like just dreams i guess i'm like i could buy a chateau (laughs) (laughs) no i i need to find an engineer boyfriend i guess but (laughs) or girlfriend i know a couple people yeah (laughs) so it's just i don't know it's just just a wonderful show to watch and they're adorable and they're just so fascinating of a couple with their kids and it's like chateau is so beautiful and of course they're all booked out but you you can stay there so it's just it's cool and so they even nice. actually, yeah, they even sell some of like some of her designs and stuff that she's done. She she sells. So she sells fabric and stuff of stuff she's made and wallpaper. Hmm. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it sounds like a good job if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is on Peacock TV right now. Peacock TV. I'm currently watching it by recording it on HGTV, though. Sounds good. What was the name of the show again? Escape to the Chateau. Okay. I was really sad. I was like, they should have called it We Bought a Chateau. (laughs) It's it's British. And it's also funny because they're clearly showing like the British version because there's occasionally time where this like American narrator is like, in England, lift means elevator. (laughs) 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 Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. Okay, John, what did you watch this week? Uh, So... Uh, I watched a movie I've been wanting to watch for a very long time now, and I've been feeling too good about myself lately, so I wanted something to bring me back down. <laughs> and I rented Anomalisa. Wow. It was available on Amazon Video. Um, not a very oh, feel-good one, movie. This this was the one that you sent the thing out about, the one that's the, um, it's like stop motion or something? Yeah. Yes. And I think I went, I probably should not watch this right now. <laughs> this this movie was pretty nuts. It was written by Charlie Kaufman, who's done a lot of other stuff I like, like being John Malkovich, um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Adaptation. So he's that guy. <laughs> this is a, just a crazy, <laughs> crazy writer. And at first I was like, does this movie really need to be in stop motion? Like you probably could have just pulled this off like regular Especially when it gets to a puppet sex scene. And I'm talking like full on, like rated R, like this was almost real people, except it's puppets. So not like, what, what was that movie? America not something? Like, Team not America. Like, not like Team America. Team America, there you go. No, Team America, they just went through all kinds of silly positions and it was just played for laughs. No, this was like two people genuinely having awkward first time they meet sex in a hotel room. There was nothing glorified or glamorous about it. It was very awkward. There was a lot of like, oh, I'm sorry. Was I not supposed to touch you there or something like that? <laughs> you know, like the lady bumps her head on the headboard like at one point accidentally. Like it's so realistic that I'm like, why did they choose to make this with puppets? That was like so much more extra work to make it seem realistic. Um, and then there's a couple of times where it breaks the fourth wall where the main character kind of realizes he's a puppet. Like he yeah. actually takes his face off at one point. Although huh? it was kind of... 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so okay. the point of the story, it's this is a really weird psychological trip because this main character, at first you don't really understand what's happening. He's, he's getting off a plane in Cincinnati. He lives in L.A. He's voiced by... Um, David Thewlis, who you may remember as uh, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter. Mm. Uh-huh. And um, so everyone he talks to, whether they're a man or a woman or even his own child, they all have the same voice. It's a voice by an actor called uh, Tom Noonan. The only thing I recognize this guy from is he was the bad guy in RoboCop 2. Oh, man. <laughs> the, one, the one that becomes the evil RoboCop. This guy. Um, and I guess... He goes to stay at a hotel called the Fregoli, I believe. And that's supposed to be a reference to a real psychological condition. I think it's like the Fregoli syndrome or something like that, where uh, our individual will believe that everyone else in the world is the same person. Interesting. Like every, everyone outside of your body is like just one entity, one person in different bodies, essentially. And so everyone kind of has the same face and everyone has the same voice, except he happens to hear somebody, like right as he was about to have a nervous breakdown in his hotel room, he hears a different voice, a female voice from outside in the hallway. And he goes knocking door to door until he finds who that is. And it's this woman that came to see him. He's actually a motivational speaker of some sort. And this person with a friend actually came down to, to like see that speech. So he, like, immediately bonds with this woman. It's like, you're someone different. You're someone special. Like, I want to know everything about you. I just want to hear you talk. Because it's different. Um, And then, you know, things happen. He kind of ends up wooing her. She's really self-conscious and shy. She's like, why are you giving me so much attention? That's a little weird. Um, And long story short, it's just a really, like, trippy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very sad because this guy's just looking for some kind of human connection. He's bored with just how lame everything is. Like he he he's apparently really good at customer service, but he hates people. Every time you see him speaking with someone, it's like he can't wait for that conversation to be over. Like he always tries to just dead end the conversation, but like he just looks visibly more and more annoyed. Even though he's a puppet, like they're very expressive puppets, because <laughs> he just like wants the conversations to be over, and then he just can't stop listening enough to this lady. Um, then he has a really weird dream where like everybody in the dream, which also has the same voice and the same face, is telling him, like, "Hey, no, like you can have anyone. Why do you want this girl? Like, no, how about this other person? How about this other person?" And it's just really, really weird. Not a very happy movie definitely doesn't have a happy ending that i can think of it's like uh, there was one really poignant scene in it without really giving too much of it away um it has a scene where while he's in cincinnati he calls up an ex-girlfriend to the hotel room and um it says here um that um i guess they had a sort of a fallout they hadn't seen each other in 10 years and she's like, I'm not really sure why I'm here, but I guess I wanted to just hear you out. And he was like, hey, well, you want to go back up to the to the room with me? And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, well, why would I do that? You know, you like, you left me like a total mess. And like, he's just trying to look for some kind of connection. And even though he's married and has a kid, he's still trying to hook up with the next girlfriend. And, you know, she gets all mad and leaves and he's just kind of embarrassed there. 
and I was like, wow, like what is this? Like this yeah. whole movie was just really, it felt really personal and to some degree. And um, oh yes, go ahead. Did, did you watch? There was a Ryan Gosling movie a few years back called Blue Valentine. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. watched that by any chance? That doesn't sound familiar. It's so him Blue and Valentine, Michelle Williams. I, yeah, <clears throat> um, I forget who the director for that one is, but that movie it has the same kind of this is realistic kind of interpersonal relationships between these characters in the movie, but it's just an eternal downer. And I don't know who to recommend that movie to ever, but if you liked this movie, I think you might enjoy the cathartic wreckage that that movie can make you into. I mean, that definitely sounds like something I would be into because I was in the same boat. I was like, I really kind of like this weird ass movie. I just don't know who I could recommend it to. I just recently tried to plug uh, being John Malkovich to Jess just as an exercise in creative writing because that movie was so bonkers. Um, it's, but, it's, it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this one is just like, wow, like this just feels like. It's a page out of a diary that like should not be shared with anyone. Yeah, um, like like, an, like the diary of an outsider artist that someone finds after they die. Yeah, and I was like, this needs to be burned. This should not be <laughs> inducted into the official record. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was just that kind of a movie. The, the director of Boo Valentine is Derek C. in France, and his most recent stuff is the tv series on hbo that i know this much to be true where mark ruffalo plays two brothers oh interesting oh okay huh. oh. i am not I think a I fan saw... of charlie kaufman sorry go sorry. ahead jess i saw one episode of that and went nope this is sad <laughs> <laughs> i don't think even one episode i think i got like 15 minutes and went never gonna watch this <laughs> it's this good but never thing. gonna watch this so yeah, and and I was just saying that I'm not a, a fan of Charlie Kaufman, uh, but I was wondering, you, uh, among the things you named uh, earlier, John, did you watch the Netflix one? Uh, uh, I'm thinking about ending this. Thinking of ending things. Or ending um, things, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet, but it is on my. I think that's going to be my next watch actually, because uh, that came up in recommendations, and I saw the trailer for it. And I'm like, oh my, this is going to be just a brutal, like, character dissection. I think the whole movie is, like, two people on, like, a road trip, right? Like, they're just driving well, to they some go, destination. From what I understand is they go to his father, or his parents' place. And at, when they're there is when, like, she starts having, not not hallucinations, but, like, dreams or daydreaming of, like, how it is that she's going to end it with him in the relationship kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, uh, that sounds like it's in my wheelhouse. And the other awkward... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <clears throat> the other awkward watch that I think would pair well for people who uh, like things like this um, was actually a recent one. I just I, I sent it into a text for John there. Uh, it's one Brian David Gilbert, uh, formerly of Polygon. He's been making a bunch of... It doesn't matter what kind of things. And he recently chose to make something that I don't... Again, don't know who to recommend it for, but John, I think you'll enjoy this as a fan of David Lynch. Uh, Mitch did watch it already. Um, it's called Teaching Jake About the Camcorder 97. Oh, geez. Oh. <laughs> that thing, man. I don't know why you would put that out in the world. <laughs> oh. 
I'm very intrigued now. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's on YouTube if anybody wants it. <laughs> now, I did want to say one last thing, not particularly related to the story, but the work that they put into this. It took about two years to film this. Uh, it's a 90-minute movie, so I, I was... You know what's funny, though? It, it felt like it was a full two hours. Like, there was just some really long scenes in it, and not in a bad way. Uh, it's just, it definitely felt like a movie that took its time. And there was, like, some sections where, I mean, I know it's stop motion, so they can probably do a lot more trickery than you normally could in live action. But there were a lot of single takes that I had to, like, rethink about how they shot it. I'm like, wait, okay, yeah, it's stop motion, so they probably just switched out sets in between. Because, obviously, it's not literally one uninterrupted cut. But it's shot that way, and it works really well, because your brain doesn't really perceive it right away. Like, I had to think about it afterwards. I was like, okay, well, yeah, of course it could have cheated the shots. But there's literally, like, a shot of him going into an elevator. The doors close. He's having small talk with the bellboy or whatever. The doors open. They get out, and now they're in a completely different area, and it's still tracking them along this really long, almost eternal-looking hallway. And I was like, wow, that's, that was really cool. Was, it, it just kind of tricked me into thinking that, like, how did they pull that off? Well, obviously, you know, it's going to be different than in real life, but still kind of cool that they, you know, it has those little moments. And um, apparently the dolls that they used or the, the marionettes, whatever you call these puppets, um, were approximately 12 inches in scale. Um, hmm. And pretty much all of the sets and all of the props are just really, really well detailed. Except for one telephone where the numbers just look really kind of gunky for some reason. <laughs> Maybe because the detail was too small or something. But everything else, that, that you know, from the, the little key card they used to scan into his hotel door um, to, like, the glasses that they're drinking martinis out of, like, all these little tiny details were, like, so well. It, they even, <laughs> he even goes to a sex shop at one point by accident because he was looking for a toy store for a kid and they told him oh yeah there's a toy store down this way all of the miniatures were like wow somebody actually just sat there and crafted all of these <laughs> by hand <laughs> I don't think you can buy those in bulk interesting well maybe on Wish you can I don't know <laughs> yeah but it'll, it'll be different in the picture <laughs> so yeah that was my really oddball of a week's watch there. It's on Amazon Prime. I had to rent it. It wasn't free to stream, but I figured it's one I've been wanting to watch for a while, so it was worth the four bucks. Mm-hmm. All right. Amelisa. Uh, for my week's watch, I finally finished up my trade-off with John, uh, as he said the last, no, a couple couple a couple weeks ago, he watched like I'm Sorry on Netflix. I finally finished Pushing Daisies, which is you can find on HBO Max. I understand very much so why this show was very much critically acclaimed. People really, or uh, critics really enjoyed this show and were baffled on why it got canceled after a season and a half. Is there a butt coming? But I but can also feel why, like, why people didn't stick week to week with this show. It is... It is very much a crime procedural, but with this extra added flourish of supernatural of the, the 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 main character is able to bring people back to life, but only for a minute at a time. Because uh, ah, if they do it for longer than a minute, then someone else of equal amount of uh, importance not importance like like mass b- mass yeah it's more like mass, mass. needs to also needs to die yeah will also end up dying. It. 
So yep. the main character of the Pie Man, I forget what his actual name is because they give you him as the Pie Maker a lot. Uh, yes, you were from us. Ned. It's Lee Pace. It's Lee Pace. He plays the character oh. Ned. Uh, so, yes, you would remember him as the bad guy everyone from Guardians with, of the Galaxy. What? Everyone <laughs> with great eyebrows. <laughs> he, was, he was Thranduil in the uh, the Hobbit. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yes, he was. He, he's, he's, yeah. Google it. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, true. It's true. Okay. All right. Um, but, anyways... The, the way he figures this out is that he, you know, his dog at the very first scene gets hit by a truck. And I was very pissed at John oh. for making me watch this where a dog <laughs> yeah, gets hit by a truck. Yeah, you know he hates that. <laughs> but he brought him back. It was okay. He, yeah, he immediately brings it back. But then he later realizes that after he's touched the thing and brought it back to life, and if he lets it stay alive for another for longer than a minute, he can never touch the thing again because then it dies. So he has a dog that he can never touch. He has a lot of rules. So this show, uh, which is created and uh, written by Brian Fuller, uh, most people will remember that he goes on to create uh, the Hannibal series. And, uh, you know, that show is really loved. Uh, Is very much like reminiscent of of Tim Burton style to me. Like everything Mm. is super over color and like Mm. a lot of, uh, not, uh, spectacle over substance. I love all the actors that they got in the show. Like this thing is full of, of people that you've seen in other things. And, and Kristen Chenoweth is one of the, the stars and, and Chai McBride and, uh, even David Arquette becomes somewhat of a regular towards the end of the series. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I, I just couldn't get into the main part of the show. It was so formulaic and just repeat over and over. And I understand that's what procedurals are very formulaic. Mm-hmm. And just, I just could not really give this a, I really approve of show. Um, which also really sucks is that sorry I'll, I'll get right through this part it really sucks is that they obviously knew going into their second season that they were on the bubble of being canceled so they they started to make changes and try to 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 um, uh, whoop things up so to speak and then they probably didn't know their last episode was going to be their last episode, so they had to throw in a whole bunch of like, and this person did this, and that person did that, and these people stayed together, and and the end kind of thing. And you can tell like it was just very, oh, we need to give people closure. Kind of thing. <laughs> That's too bad. It's kind of like the end of Supernatural. Oh, they had fifteen years in that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and somehow and still couldn't do it. that time. <laughs> Early. That's sad. Yeah. What were you going to say earlier, Stephen, before I cut you off? All right, you're okay. <laughs> no, it, it was this show or Dead Like Me that had the ad where it was like a Grim Reaper with bubble with a bubble gum. That, bubble. that was Dead that Like was Me, like which me. is also by the same people. Oh, okay, that's why. Yeah. It, like, is it similar in tone? Because I always confuse the two. I wouldn't say it's similar in tone. Like... The idea of afterlife and 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 uh, you know being a dead and alive is very it, that part is very similar, but like mm-hmm. 
I still felt like a very grim feel from Dead Like Me, whereas this is super bubbly, like super mm. uh, cheerful. More cartoony. And it is Dead very like cartoony. It really like tries to grounded. compensate. It does. So uh, That's why Kristen Chenoweth is in it. Like, there's I mean, no one who's more bubbly than Kristen Chenoweth. And, and she's great. She is, she is one of the best things about the show. But everybody in the show actually does a really good job. It's just she's one of the best things. Um, so yeah, that is on HBO Max right now. Thank you, John, for suggesting it. Uh, like I said, <laughs> I, I was very upset with you after the first scene, but <laughs> uh, it, it does get better. So there you go. There's our week's watch. Let's get into WandaVision episode nine. Uh, the series finale, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Is that really? I think it's, it, I think it's actually, that's the name of the episode. Yeah. The series finale. Huh. Cool. I'm so proud of them. They're like, don't ask for a season two. This is it. <laughs> this is it. And even Kevin Feige at a uh, recent TCA event uh, said that there is no plans for a second season of, of WandaVision. Which is good. A lot of people were assuming there's a second season after this. No, it's it's a capsule. Yeah, I don't think that there's plans for a second season for any of these Marvel shows, really. I think... I think when what they'll do is like if they decide to bring Wanda back for a, for another show, it will be called something else, and mm-hmm. that's yeah. literally what will happen. Like it won't mm-hmm. be called Wandavision. Yeah, it'll be called Long Division. <laughs> uh, so, what is everybody's thoughts coming out of the last episode, Stephen? I thought it was fine. Just fine. Yeah, I, I wasn't upset. I, I'm not one of the people who's like, they didn't do any of the things that I thought were going to happen. Like, I'm I'm not mad about that in any way, shape or form. But I it was just about the journey for me, as opposed to this final destination of everything. Um, no final destination reference. Uh-huh. Um, but it when we finally got to this end thing, it there was no part where it was it was different than what I expected from the last four episodes going into this, you know, mm-hmm. there was no, there was no part where I was thrown for a curve. Okay. Jessica. I liked it. I'm very yeah. happy with its ending. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what, I mean, what's your hope for our main character going forward in the MCU? Um, I hope she doesn't ever fall back into that grief again. Hmm. I hope she does, you know, move on. I mean, I know from which I'm going to way jump ahead from it's implied that she's going to try to bring her kids back. But like, I hope she not learned about grief. I hope she manages to handle her grief in a way that she doesn't hurt others. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that whole metaphor of sometimes when you're in grief, you end up hurting the living people around you as well. Right. And I thought that was a very important message, too. And I actually thought the grief message in this whole show is just beautiful and well done for a comic book superhero thing. Plus, she got her crown and her outfit that I have always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I was sort of like, oh, my God, it's more because Scarlet and Crimson are like my favorite color. And so although I didn't love the look of her original comic book outfit, I always wanted to see what will they do with it because they they've done a really great job at, as of updating these for live action. Oh yeah, 
in the MCU and seeing it, it was just utter perfection. Like it was just such a pretty outfit. Like I was just like, oh, I want that myself. Like so, so combining two of the things that one of the things that Stephen was talking about and one of the things that you're talking about, uh, you were I assume you were referring to the the in in credit scene where you see her <laughs> like thumbing through the dark hold. Uh, and you hear her, like the kids screaming for her, uh, yeah. like mom, help us. I assume that is what a lot of the quote unquote comic book fans have been asking for of Mephisto. So maybe yeah. that they are somehow being held hostage by her or by Mephisto. And she is going to eventually use her new found dark hold powers or knowledge to go and fight him and get those, get the kids back. Like, the the creation of those kids back in whatever it is like has direct ties to Mephisto, so that's why people were calling for him to show up in the show, but he never did, mm-hmm. which <clears throat> is good. Um, yeah. So it's it's it yeah that's something that's definitely going to be going forward. John, I what will, did, oh go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, Jessica. I do I do want to say like my mom was not surprised at all about the ending or anything like everybody like five minutes and she was like i don't know why people are complaining like she's like this is basically just commercial for the next movie like come on (laughs) 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 but she also quite enjoyed the show too so i mean yeah i love the show all the way through i hope that that's not the thing that's going to become commonplace for all these tv shows on disney plus that they're just the filler or the the commercial for the next movie See, although I get what she's saying, I feel like because the solid message of it is so well done that it's more than just a commercial. Like, it definitely gets you wanting to be like, ooh, what, how, what's she going to do next in the mm-hmm. movies? But I feel like it was, like, an important thing to focus on for her character, though, between now, or uh, between what we've seen and then whatever happens next. Like, I feel like you couldn't do this in a movie, but it needed to happen. If that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Okay, John, what what are your initial thoughts? Uh, well, overall, I liked it. I thought it was a fitting ending. I did fall victim to a lot of the fan theories online. In fact, I even shared a few with you personally where I was like, oh, dude, I heard something like this could happen. And um, when ultimately it was much more simple and mm-hmm. it didn't just shoehorn in a bunch of references to stuff. Um I I do agree that I think this one was definitely more about the journey than the final destination that we got. Um, it definitely sets up a lot of loose ends. Um, if I want, if if I would say I'm disappointed about anything, it's just that Hayward was just a prick and nothing more really, based on what we got here. Um, it just there's so many things that were just kind of left dangling afterwards, which I know we're probably gonna get some kind of resolution. Like now we know. You know, we have fake Vision or Bizarro, as he was called before. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't call him Vision. You know, that would have made sense, too. Um, well, one of the things I, I did like, and since we all were watching credits at this point, uh, they credited Paul Bettany as Vision and The Vision. So I'm guessing <clears throat> the white version of him is The Vision. Yeah. Not The White Vision. Right. <laughs> so, Which is fair. Yeah. The Power, Power Rangers ran into issues trying to say White, White Ranger power. Yeah, a lot. We don't. So. We don't want. We don't want the Prod Boys appropriating the one for them. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, 
satisfied. I thought it was good. And if there's anything bad about it, it was just that my fanboy brain wanted more, which isn't a bad thing. You know, you're left wanting more. That means you did your job. As long as, long as you were happy with the, the, the product that you got, wanting more is okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, your thoughts on the, the series finale? I didn't care for it. At all? Uh, it was... I felt that they did it a disservice, not in the conclusion, the end, but... I felt like whoever their writers were don't know how to write a TV series. And they Damn. just wrote, they wrote, well, what they did was they wrote a movie and then they broke it out into a TV series. And cause to me, I would have expected at least one episode between the last episode and this one where Wanda attempts to find a middle ground where she can release Westview, but keep her family because inevitably in, in, in a character arc like this, you make that attempt. Like, she doesn't just... There's no way she just turns it off. Mm-hmm. Like, to just turn it off, I think, does her character development a disservice. Because it doesn't deal with those facts. I mean, and all we get is the two and a half, two minutes, maybe, where she's confronted by the Westview residents who've woken up and she tries to open it up enough to let them out so she can close it again. Which it in and of itself isn't actually that moment only. That's also the time when she puts in the runes. Correct. No. No. So. No, it's a little later on. The runes are later. When, she put in the, when she's no, 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 missing. The, the, rune, the, rune, the runes are there, but that doesn't mean that they weren't there and inactive. No. No, she she literally. That's why she keep, keeps missing she, Agatha in that fight scene. She hits Agatha and then she misses her and then she hits her and then she misses her and then she hits her yeah, and then I, she misses her. I can't talk to my girlfriend during shows anymore. I gotta watch them closer. <laughs> this is becoming an issue. <laughs> <laughs> but so I just I felt that it turned on its head too quickly. Which would be fine in a two, two and a half hour movie because that's all I'd expect because you run out of time at some point. But when you're doing a TV series, to me, I felt that it did it a disservice for that reason. Um, Does it it change anything if if we look at it as knowing that invariably she will do that kind of thing later, but essentially she stopped doing the thing that hurt somebody else, regardless of the emotional cost to herself and will bring her kids back later. Does that change anything? I mean, it does, but, and I get that the credit scene alludes to that. It's still, if you're going to try to run this as a series, as its own thing, it get then you need to do it in this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just because mom points out it's just a commercial for the next thing. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's I, I could I can definitely see that the ninth episode does feel to me does feel really rushed for as much as yeah. we we sat through eight episodes and and developed a lot of stuff. I've. Feel like it was more because that last episode, episode eight, was all about the past. Yeah. Mm. 
And I feel like that was kind of a disservice to the finale. But I don't think, like, I feel like it should have been, like, another 30-minute episode between 8 and 9. Like, I don't think it needed too much more time. But it definitely did need something, like a like a episode called, and here's what the others, like, and here was what was going on at the same time kind of episode. Yeah. Like, a, a, a meanwhile? meanwhile? A meanwhile, yeah. there you go. A meanwhile <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I think there was, and, and honestly, I think there is a missing episode in the show somewhere. Because um, yeah. I, as I stated before, like we didn't get the '90s era TV series. I don't care what you say about Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle; it didn't start till 2000. Like it's just not a that, that didn't happen. So, like I think that that there was a door that was missing in the last episode where the two of them would have went through uh, and been at the moment or a moment around civil war where she blew up, you know, the, the place in Lagos, like something should have referenced there, especially since the, uh, the paper towels were referenced in the commercials. Like Mm. I, I think there was something, I think there's a missing episode in there somewhere. I think that this is the problem that I also had with Mandalorian, where these episodes are so short, but you're making a TV series, and there's just it's just get to the next episode kind of thing. You, you they need to end on a cliffhanger, and they don't have there's not enough meat. Um, but all that being said, I really enjoyed the series uh, all the way through for for the for this show. Um, we didn't talk about it enough, I don't think last week, or we didn't. I don't know if we brought it up or not, but the the line that was written for Paul Bettany to say about uh, what is grief. What not, is grief, but yeah. But not love, love persevering. Be pers- yeah. yeah, persevering. They did the exact same thing with giving Wanda and, and envision the same, like a, a very similar line um, at the end of this episode. And I, now I can't remember what it is. We've said goodbye before, so there's no reason. Yeah, that we yeah, won't that say whole it again. thing. Yeah, that whole thing before yeah, that too. That like, whole, yeah, yeah. That, that I thought those were very great lines of dialogue. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, just the only. The, I mean, the biggest issues I guess I had with the with the episode were were just all the misdirects that we had with. The people of Westview, when in reality, most of them just didn't mean anything. Like even yeah. the, the Ralph thing, like the Ralph uh, Ralph Boner. Yeah, it just seemed like a very. We're gonna throw this in at the end. Like we didn't really need to have a Ralph in the show at all. We could have just believed that Agatha, Agatha brought, like, created or just said a fake name to be her husband. Like we didn't need a Ralph to show up. And then they gave Evan Peters' character the name Ralph. But then the episode before that, they talked about him being a crystalline uh, whatever she called it. And it's just like, well, possession. That's what it was, crystalline mm. possession. And it's just like, okay, well, sure. Like, I, I don't know. It just seemed a weird there, throw in there. The one thing I would say for the show above all else is that I didn't come away with any kind of negative opinion or negative overarching feeling about the show. It's just the parts are greater than the whole. Yes. Because I, I, I'll remember mm-hmm. it for moments or the yeah. trick that it was doing in the beginning versus everything that came out of it. Yeah. So let's... I let's, like 
But yeah, <laughs> let's break let's break into some of the parts. Uh, the 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 initial her having to figure out that you know the more she hits uh, Agatha with her powers, the essentially the the weaker she gets. I don't know if it's necessarily the stronger Agatha gets. Um, I I thought she figured it out and then backtracked because she hit her with a car instead of with the power. Keep throwing cars at her. <laughs> <laughs> it was that hard. I don't. Well, more I think, cars. I think at a certain she does figure it out at that point, but then she yeah. she does a defensive spell just to to help yeah. shield her and the in the and her family, and even yeah. Agatha even that. uses that to yeah to take you, powers away from her. You know what she could have used instead of an energy shield? A car. A car. <laughs> <laughs> Might have but taken I, a few more seconds or something. That's true. Yeah. I, mean, I will say I appreciated so very, very much the Wicked Witch of the West boots thing. Yes. That was the best part of the whole episode. I was like, oh, they that did was it. Excellent. <laughs> that was excellent. I was like, Wicked Witch. Holy crap. Which brings up another thing was the that the one of the marquees, as everything was changing, did say mm. Oz Great and Powerful, which is directed by Sam Raimi, who will be directing the Doctor Strange 2 movie. So that's the connection right. like they're they, they've said that wanda will be in the doctor strange 2 movie at some point so uh do we know how she was doing her whole like her whole time spell thing because she was doing some i vagamoto shit right at the end i mean i guess that's just what we have to worry about what exactly does chaos magic mean like obvious it's she <laughs> can do a lot of stuff with that apparently <laughs> Mm-hmm. destroy the world for one <laughs> yeah yeah from what i understand chaos magic is like dimensional time and dimensional magic i mean it straight up says she's stronger than the sorcerer supreme which mm-hmm. is dr strange so and i i kind of felt like you could you could feel all the quote again quote unquote comic book fans screaming at the tvs <laughs> when you know they essentially gave Scarlet Witch, the same abilities and storyline as the Dark Phoenix. Like, they've just yeah. moved the Phoenix Force over and called it the Scarlet Witch instead. Absolutely. Uh, that's because even, that's all I thought the whole time. The way she looks, her color even, that's Jean Grey from the Fox films. I mean, that, and then, then there was like, it's I the whole... I the Jean Grey I like, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the whole, like, your power person. is going to destroy the world kind of thing. Like, that's that's the phoenix. Like, it's supposed to come and destroy the world so you can be born again. What were you going to say, anyone else think- Oh, good. Uh, I think I was just agreeing with one of those statements at one point. Oh, okay. Sorry. Were you going to say Steven? Th- we we did also get what I feel is one of the most comic book exchanges out of any of the comic book movies we've ever gotten, which it like it would have just been, I don't know, like four pages of just dialogue back and forth between the like between Vision and Vizarro, <laughs> just back and forth about the ship of Theseus. Yeah, like like that's the that's the kind of shit I live for. The entirety uh-huh. of Ghost in the Shell standalone complex is just long conversations in rooms about what is existence. So this is very much my shit. <laughs> oh yes. I was I think that was when that scene started. I was like, ooh, mom, he's he's gonna logic him. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean what better way to take down a, a computer than to give it a logic paradox like yes. ooh. Like you could just could, see the moment when Vizarro is like, wait a second, wait what? <laughs> what do you mean you're not the vision? 
<laughs> war games you know have the computer play tic-tac-toe yep. against itself like, uh-huh. yeah <laughs> no, and like he 100 just did the, like i forget the exact wording of it but like i always lie i'm telling the truth right now yeah, yeah. Thing, and it's just, uh... <laughs> there is a in the in in marvel comics there is a character by the name of victor mancha who is a yet another android that was created by ultron to infiltrate the avengers and take them down um, he has three like very specific uh, phrases that will will essentially make him turn off. So one of the phrases that was used in Runaways, he says um, the the phrase is, uh, "Can God make a burrito so hot that it burns even his mouth?" And that will I've heard uh, this. It, that, that shuts him down. So that was <laughs> very much what I thought about in this this episode when when they went, went into the whole ship of Theseus, which I have to say is I is, is a thing that I never heard of before. I'd never heard of the really? ship of Theseus uh, paradox. No, which is very oh, cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful paradox. <laughs> there was a weird te- reference to it in a movie called John Dies at the End. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie. It's 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 kind of a play on that, but it starts with like a weird version of it where it's like if you get attacked by a flesh-eating zombie and you kill it with a hatchet and then you eventually replace the handle of the hatchet because of this and then the the head gets rusty so you have to replace it it's still the same hatchet when the zombie comes back to life again or something like that i was like Hmm. oh that's (laughs) not not as eloquent but i see what they're doing I did. I texted Mitch about this. I really hope that referencing the ship of Theseus is the thing that enough like pseudo intellectual nerds will take and run with and quote all the time instead of quoting Vaz from Far Cry about you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Like fucking stop, dude. We're done with this one. It's been referenced enough. Move on. <laughs> that was Einstein, that's where right? that's from. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know who originally said the thing, but it's ev- been every like right nerd on the internet with a chin beard. Yeah, I have noticed that on the internet. I say originally, huh. I think it would be either Socrates or Plato, but I'm unclear as to the probably as to which. I. And don't get me wrong. I have heard different versions of the ship of Theseus. I just never heard it called the ship of Theseus uh, paradox. Like even mm-hmm. in Futurama, there is a part when, uh, what's the name of the the guy who runs the office? Um, Wait, that that runs the office. Hermes. Yeah. Hermes. Yeah. There's a part where okay. he's he becomes part cyborg, and they keep replacing oh. parts of him, and then eventually, yeah. like, it's not him anymore because it's completely different all the parts are different uh so i know that i've heard this thing before it's just never i've never heard called. it called the, the what it actually is um god bless futurama <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the the you also had an issue Stephen, with with the whole uh well, yeah. formulaic part of marvel that this kind of started out but i did want to say one thing is that i love that they did this in this where it's not it didn't just end with a big battle between the two of them like the way that the ends is they talk it out like there's a dialogue there and to the point where he's just like huh maybe maybe here's no point in the two of us fighting kind of thing (laughs) no i'm pretty sure he decides that he's the real vision and he has to decide if he's going to kill himself I mean that's a possibility yeah. too, but but the, the 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 outcome he comes to, the conclusion he comes to is that both of them are the real vision, and neither one of them is the real vision. So 
No, yeah, the, the, the issue that I had with this, and I realized it immediately upon starting the episode, is that one of the biggest critiques of the Marvel films has been that every movie is just a mirror match. So Iron Man has Iron Monger, who has the same thing as him, just a big suit. Uh, Ant-Man has Yellow Jacket, who has the same kind of ability. Um, Black Panther has Killmonger. It's it's a consistent thing across pretty much all of the Marvel Marvel movies, even Kaecilius and Doctor Strange. Same thing all the time. And this TV series just went like hold my beer and just decided to do it twice in one episode with two visions <laughs> and then two witches. Yep. <laughs> like they, they, they were like, we've heard your criticism and we don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. I mean, I feel like that's the, that is the, the formula for every part one movie. Like, that, mm-hmm. like all the ones you're talking about, because in Ant-Man and the Wasp, you don't have a person that shrinks and, and grows. It's a woman that can phase through people and, and do cool kick-ass stuff. Uh, yeah. Iron Man 2, well, I guess that's kind of the same. It's a guy in a suit, but he makes, <laughs> he makes droids, droids too, so or drones. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's just comic books to me. That it's That's if they're going to steal or adapt comic books, you have to take that part too, where it's their, their mm-hmm. bad guy is the, the evil version of them. Like it's them the, the th- having to work things out. The thing that you said in response to this that I think immediately disarmed that kind of criticism for this was that it's the natural it it's talking about the fact that if someone had the same abilities that these heroes do, it could easily go wrong. Mm-hmm. And the series deals with exactly that. That's even the thing that the the conversation between her and Mo- Monica Rambeau, where mm-hmm. um, she she says like, if I had these abilities, yeah, I'd one hundred percent just bring my mom back. So yeah. I think they yeah. Face that the head issue on with vigilantes. <laughs> uh, one of my theories did not come true. I, I honestly thought that they were going to merge uh, the vision and vision together so that you would get a version of them. But then you kind of do get that when he, they kinda, res- yeah, yeah, yeah. They restore his memories. Now, my biggest question in that scene is that did they give did did the 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 vision or Vizarro did he get the memories from there in Westwood, West, Westview also? Or is it just up to the point where uh, Vision died by Thanos' hand? I don't know. I would think I... it would just be up to the point where he died of Thanos's, at Thanos' hand. Because he said he was a carbon-based life form or whatever, so, and, and your, your memories exist in all of your carbon, so that body is the body that was destroyed by, by Thanos, so it would only remember up to that point, which... Yeah. Because the rest of the memories would actually be Wanda's memories. Correct. Wanda's, yeah. And he wasn't he wasn't necessarily transferring over memories. He was just reactivating them or digging them up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. unlocking them. Unlocking them. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. His little stone or whatever okay. it is on the the vision flash yellow too. Mm-hmm. So is there a possibility a tiny chunk of the tiny chunk of the mind stone <laughs> just got into the vision so i honestly Absolutely. think so yeah. yeah yeah so then i i feel like we are gonna get a new i feel like it's gonna pop up later on somewhere yeah a he new definitely vision yeah does monica have a set of powers that she activates one at a time 
in, not in the normal comic comics. No. Because in this, her eyes glowed a different color when she used a different ability, apparently. Yeah, her abilities in the comics are very much light-based. So she is able to Photon. sense everything on, on the different on the spectrum of light. Um, I think mm-hmm. you're right that they were definitely changing the, her, light, her light, her, the eyes... The light in her eyes every time she was doing something different with her powers. Uh, when so she... ultraviolet piercing through magic, it looked Ooh. like, mm-hmm. from what I understood. So Agatha's magic was ultraviolet magic, I assume. And then Scarlet Witch's magic is infrared magic. So from what I, I mean, from what I, if I'm looking at the yeah. color spectrum, they're literally the opposite of each other. So, and wh- hmm. her but then using one her time powers... they flashed yellow and i can't remember what the invisible yellow light is or if there um, is one I, I don't know what it is but <laughs> when she goes yellow is when she stops think, the bullets yeah she, so. slows yeah, them down. She, she slows them down like it's like she turns herself into a massive light from what i understand i don't know it's interesting I'm, I'm i'm curious to see the stuff that comes from her character i don't think if if this is a wrestling match they haven't put her over yeah. no not yet no uh, so that was another thing I was going to bring up. Like, obviously, the scroll that shows up in the in the scene is is referencing, "Hey, Nick Fury wants to see you," and he's up in that satellite that we saw at the end of Spider Man: Far From Home. Does this mean that she is going to show up in the next Captain Marvel movie, or is it going to show up in the Nick Nick Fury TV series Secret Invasion? I think we see her in everything. You think she sees you see her in everything? See, I yeah. honestly think that we're going to see Darcy in everything. I think she is yeah, going to be Darcy that. She is going to be. Oh, that's that's interesting. I didn't think about Darcy and Wu, but I just thought I I thought of Darcy as being the Rosario Dawson of the Netflix Marvel shows, where she showed up in everything. <laughs> she's and, a, she's going to be in the, yes. the Defenders. Yeah, she's going to be in this you know, version of the Defenders. And somewhere, Agent Coulson is crying. God, dude, I feel so bad for it, for it, specifically him and uh, Quake or Daisy. Like, what they they it's it's like they were Icarus. They flew too close to the sun. And they <laughs> fell. I also I also think it's uh, interesting because the Darkhold was specifically mentioned in this episode. Like, we finally got the name to the book. Um, that particular name of that particular book was was a big part of a certain season of agents of shield as well as a couple episodes of the runaways on hulu which had made them directly tie together now at the end of agents of shield or the at the the season that had to do with the dark hold you had robbie ray as the ghostwriter take the book and say i am going to take care of this and put it away obviously he did not do a good job it showed up in <laughs> in in runaways and now here so we don't know how agatha got a hold of it um robbie uh gabriel luna did tweet out he said Obviously, putting the book underneath my bed was not the best place to hide the book. <laughs> Damn. I, I love that, man. He's great. And that's the best version of Ghost Rider as well. That's the one. Um, the, the design was uh, actually done by, uh, in part by Trad Moore, one of my favorite comic book artists. Ooh. So I really wanted him to be in the movies. <laughs> you know, when, you, when you have for comparison the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider, that's not a very high bar to have to take hurdle over. <laughs> You raised good points here. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to have his own show too on Hulu, but mm-hmm. that got canceled, unfortunately. Yeah, instead, he got to be a Terminator. I mean, he was good as a he, Terminator. Yeah, he was. 
do you think they do something with the dark hold? Like I think I saw it in maybe it was Futurama, where they just figure, oh, this is too dangerous to be here, and they just like shoot it into a different dimension. Like that, there's a problem now. <laughs> it's been appearing in all these other places. I'd be okay with it. I don't see why not. I could. I could oh see no! That. You know, you know what? The, it, Loki's gonna bounce around with it. Oh. There you go. Why no, not? they're going to chuck it and it's going to hit Loki in the face while he's on one of his jumps somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I did also see another thing where someone suggested that maybe there's just multiple books or multiple volumes of the Darkhold and this is just one of them and the other ones were a different version or something like that. Like, I, I could mm. see that being like, maybe this is a version or this is the volume of the Darkhold that specifically deals with witches and the other one was yeah. the one that dealt with... Uh, bringing LMDs to life. Or better yet, <laughs> oh, different translations of the same text. It could be so nobody really knows yes. what is actually like supposed this. to be done. Who knows what the truth is? <laughs> James version of the Darkhold. That's right. Exactly. Because <laughs> then, then there would be like, that would imply that at some point in time there was one version. Um, I forget. Uh, oh, I forget the name of the stone right now. Guys, help me. The one that had... Um, Rosetta? Rosetta? Rosetta stone? Thank you. There's going to be like a, a Rosetta stone that's for the Darkhold. I was, however, thinking not like it was different volumes dealing with different subjects. It was more like Fifty Shades of Darkhold, uh, Fifty Shades of Darkhold Freed. Like, like that's, that's where I was. Follow-up. Hold text. Dark, darker. Darkholder. Yeah. Sequel. Fifty Shades of Darkholder. Darkholder, Rooney. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, what are some other uh, parts that really stuck out to you in this episode that you want to talk about? No, I want to go back to making more, like, fake book titles with Darkhold in it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I really liked the fact that when Wanda felt a little, when she felt pretty defeated, she fell back onto her very, the very first thing we ever saw her do, which was tap into Agatha's fear fear, fear. and nightmare mm. and yeah, put her like in a too. nightmare. Oh, and um, I loved when they did that little creepy like crawl up thing like yeah. they did. Yeah. <laughs> back to the old fucking yes, horror like, movie ooh. version of her. Yes, that was gorgeous. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a really good way to deal with, you know, when you are faced in a situation where you don't know what to do, oftentimes you go back to what you know how to do best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to show you Naruto because they <laughs> do that. No, like, don't do that. If anyone <laughs> likes watching the Marvel movies as they are now, they are just increasingly becoming anime. No. Even Frozen, no. I mean, Frozen yes, 2 was are, an anime. Yes. Frozen 2 was an anime. I'll admit that. <laughs> I never watched Frozen 2. Neither did I. Um, but yeah, I what? really enjoyed that part. <laughs> what do you mean you never watched it? Oh, Oh no, don't tell them. <laughs> oh yes, I don't am telling tell them. them. So this is what? a complete bird walk on everybody. Back to Ted Lasso. Because apparently Mitch has never seen the Iron Giant. How could you not? Because it was uh, one, like it was I it came out after us like I had hit a certain age, so I never watched it, and yet I hadn't hit the oh. next age where it would be okay for me to watch it, kind of thing. It's like that that no, middle you, time you, when you don't you don't celebrate Halloween because no. you're too old for it, but then you're not no. not old enough. <laughs> so you no. watch it now. I don't want to watch it now. Always watch the Iron not? Giant. <laughs> There's never not a time to watch the Iron Giant. Steve, you walked away at the long wrong moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Mitch has never seen the Iron Giant. When we when it was referenced in Ted Lasso, I was like, oh, that's a terrible movie to play before a big game. Like, you're just going to end up crying. And Mitch is like, I've never seen it. And I was like... Oh. I, I know the what? parts. I know the thing. I know what happens because uh, everybody that I am friends with has watched it and loves it. Uh, I just myself have never watched it. I've never felt huh. No, don't get me wrong. It does, the whole movie doesn't come to just, I am not a gun, like everyone talks about all the time. The best moment of the entire movie is the part where the one guy's had a lot of coffee and ends up in the middle of the street. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. Okay, that's a yeah, part that I've never yeah. That's yeah. the best part of the whole movie. Once See, you get there, you can I turn it off. I told you, we have to watch it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, references sorry. Superman and the Spirit, which is why Franey likes it. I know that it references <laughs> Superman. I, I know. <laughs> uh, look, okay. I don't know what we were talking about before that. I just something triggered. <laughs> <laughs> One of the scenes that I really liked about the this, this show that we're actually talking about uh, is seeing the family like back to back doing the the superhero family pose, like all of them ready to to fight, and even Vision and Wanda being like. Uh, kids, I know we never prepared you for this, but she's like, but you were born to do this. And like, just Vision goes the off Incredibles. against Bizarro. Yeah, it's the Incredibles. It's and the Incredibles. It's the Fantastic Four. And it's, she tells them to deal with the military. Deal with, yeah, she essentially <laughs> just said, deal with my my small stuff. Like, I don't need to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. You can take on the U.S. military. It's fine. Go. Yeah, they're, the, they're sword. They're not really military. They're sword under Hayward. There were a lot of really good moments in this that I think almost outshone the rest of the series, but it wasn't like watching this one episode over and over again will be a thing that people do in my mind. No. Because there's some things like, um, I think it's the beginning of, uh, oh man, I, I forget the name, the second to last Avengers movie, Infinity War? Yes. Okay, so in Infinity yes. War, the part in the beginning of the movie where um, uh, Ebony Maw and everyone first come to Earth... That first part where they have that knockdown drag out fight using their powers in a super cool way, I'll watch that over and over again and feel satisfied. No nice. question. Nice. Never gonna but, watch the whole thing all the way through again. <laughs> <laughs> but then Jessica it, refuses. For, for, this, for for this, it got really close where we see Agent Wu shining uh, with like the whole phone part, and he has his dialogue with Hayward, where he's like, "Yeah, they'll be here in under an hour." I did. I, I did I, really appreciate him bluffing his way <laughs> to victory. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like, um, but between him and Scott Lang, I really feel like it's basically Jake Peralta and Doug <laughs> Judy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. One hundred percent. It's just those two people. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. He's just been made better by his <laughs> friendship with this criminal. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jessica? I, I swore when he said Cliff, that Cliff was Clint's, like, was Clint. I was like, wait, what? Clint? Wait, Hawkeye? Like, it's, oh. <laughs> and it was just Cliff. Like, I was, I even, but I didn't have my phone near me. So when that came up, I was like, Cliff. Cliff, is it Cliff Barton? And so I told my mom, I was like, Mom, look it up. Is Cliff the first name of Hawkeye? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, sure it is. And and then, but later on, on my own, I was like, No, it's not Cliff, it's Clint. Like, you liar. (laughs) You liar. (laughs) But then I'm, I'm actually honestly really glad none 
of the other. Like, I kind of sort of wanted it early on in the show. But I am glad none of the bigger, or not bigger, because Scarlet Witch is awesome. But, like, none of the other Avengers came into this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I feel I, like it made a, sense. Like, once you realize the projection of it was what it was actually about, was Wanda going through her grief, then you're like, okay, yeah, then no, they should not be here. Yeah. Except she, her friends should have come by and helped her out. None of yeah. her friends, like, sent a text message like, hey, you good? Nothing. Does, well, who, and that, that's where left? it goes. Like, does she have friends? Because yeah. most of them didn't like her too much because they didn't trust her because, you know, she kind of put fears in their heads. The uh, only one who true. liked her was Vision and Clint Burton, Hawkeye. And possibly, I feel like Black Widow probably would have connected to her a little bit, but you never got that, unfortunately. Yeah, I think her, Captain America liked her. Yeah, but he's he, dead. Yeah. I mean, he's well, gone too. He's not no. dead. Yeah, he's, he's old. He's, he's old. Retired. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> he can't he's retired. Yeah. yeah. He's the super soldier serum in him though. I mean he's probably a very wiry old guy. <laughs> True. Uh uh one thing I did I, I was sure was going to happen right at the moment that, that Elizabeth was referring to when uh she tells the kids to take care of the, the military. I honestly thought that they were going to age them up one more time, like maybe oh. just a, a little bit older. However, that wouldn't have played out well for the final scene with the kids yeah. when they're tucking them in. Like you, I don't think they would do that with like 14, 15 year olds, like so much. No teenager wants to be tucked in. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm happy they didn't do it. I, you know, I would have liked to have seen it though. Like uh, the next version of those, of the kids, maybe it would give them a little bit more of a power boost. Not that they needed it. They were able to take on those military guys just fine. I mean, Monica helped. Well, that's what's Hayward. And what a, what a douche, like just to straight up shoot at them. Children, even if they're possibly fake illusion children, like who the hell does that? And also, I know I don't know a lot about guns, but the gun that he uses would hold more than like six bullets and yeah. he was out yeah. really quick. That's how bad it's gonna of, have like, a magazine of like 20 bullets. Yeah. And he like 12 to 20 minimum. He's, he's just bad. He's bad at his job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then someone text gets, Andy. <laughs> and then he gets attacked by a uh, circus van. Yes. Darcy does yeah. finally show up. Like the last time There's we Darcy. saw her was in the van. <laughs> Well, I mean, poor Darcy just kept getting stuck at that one stop sign. <laughs> it's true. Also, it dar- sorry they they keep they kept the the idea of whatever gets transmutated like keeps its its properties because like that van would not have done much against the Humvee, but the thing that it was but, before it became a van mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> crashes yeah. into that Humvee Crashed and, into that and Humvee, keeps yeah. it. So I like that. Final cake trucks have a lot of mass behind them. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the 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 cooking equipment in there, right? Oh, all that starch. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was gonna say no. Just, just it's just funnel cakes. Funnel cakes are dense, man. <laughs> I also really appreciate the fact that Darcy was just like, "No, nah, I don't do debriefings." Like, bye. <laughs> but to me, no, that was like the weirdest debrief. thing. Like. Th- that to me that that means that something they have some other plan for or this was shot too late like i don't it just seemed yep. weird not to have a final goodbye for her i'm no, in the same spot darcy Absolutely. forever darcy for life well except if you, if you take your earlier premise about who she becomes right. it makes more sense that she just kind of pops in does what she does mm-hmm. pops out at least mm-hmm. 
Like you wouldn't have a final scene for her. I mean, it is it is a good line. Debriefings are for the week. Like <laughs> I don't know if I. Eh, I guess I could see I her know. saying that. I don't know if it's necessarily a debriefing for the week, but I feel like Darcy was definitely brought in as an expert in something. She wasn't brought in as a previous member of S.W.O.R.D. She's like an outside contract right now. And I feel like if she participated in the briefing, then, oh, you're going to join S.W.O.R.D. And I feel like Darcy is definitely the character that wants to stay as not necessarily neutral because she's a good character, but she wants to stay out of the bureaucracy. Independent. There you go. Yeah. Debriefing in this sense is more like witness statements true yeah see to me it would have made more sense if she had said something along the lines of dar- uh debriefings are for the sheep or for the yeah right for the plebes or yeah. what, what have you i i don't i don't deal with that <laughs> i mean it, it just it it, it it felt like it should have been what was it the 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 line uh at the end of was it Iron Man two when when yeah when Coulson has to go to New Mexico you know it's like I have to go to New Mexico really it's a land of enchantment like kind of thing like it's just I feel like Monica should have said like oh he, she had to he- head off to somewhere else Did, he didn't say Tahiti it's a magical place no because he hadn't no, died not, not yet T- yeah oh, okay. for for dying uh, New Mexico is where Thor was at so he had to go okay. to the land of enchantment so. I'm so used to him saying the other thing. I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magical place. Um, yeah, I, I think that. I mean, honestly, that's it's. We talked. We we covered all of it. It's 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 not a dense episode, but it is a big hitting episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. For yeah. just for the Wanda character, um, did anybody? I this. I'm the one that usually gets. Uh, not uh made fun of for for not shedding a tear but did anybody else when she loses her family like her and vision having their last moment i honestly thought they were going to sit down and, and turn on the tv as they were disappearing because that was a thing for them but yeah it's holding each other nope. was good uh not then oddly it was actually right before monica's line because i knew exactly what it would be where monica openly admits if i could if I had your powers, I would do it too. Because mm. if I had her powers, I would also do it too to speak to my grandfather again. Like, it's just, that's where it got me because it reminded me of my own grief I had went through. And still, you know, you still feel grief. It's been, it's going on seven years. But like, I'm getting emotional on a podcast. Good job. But, um, <laughs> but you know, no, that, no, it, it, it that's with- where it hit me because it, it felt personal. That like, because I did, I understood Wanda. I never want to say, oh, she's evil or anything. I mainly because I know she's not, but it was more like, no, I completely understand why she's doing this. It's not great that she's doing it, but I get it. Completely yeah. get it. Yeah. No, I, th- I like the whole show, I think, is very much, it's encapsulated in that one kind of scene where it's sometimes the things that you do to get yourself to a, a better place or feeling better can hurt those around you. And that's, literally like that is the show boiled down to like one sentence so i think that's the thing that makes the most sense to feel that strongly about i unfortunately did not feel it there i only felt emotion during the part where people were getting like ripped apart by the thing not existing anymore the zone of the town yeah i was like oh yeah oh yeah the kids envision being kids dissolve yeah. yeah that was brutal um I also, I think that line really in, 
and Wanda's statement just before that to Monica about even if they knew what I sacrificed, it wouldn't change how they'd feel about what I did to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is a good reminder of, because a lot of times, you know, you guys were talking, Stephen in particular, talking about the trope of, the Marvel trope of the bad guy being the same as the superhero just acting evil. This is an instance where the hero just lost control. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. did, and so there was no malicious, there was no evil intent there's but there was massive destruction just because of a, a not being in control which takes her back mm-hmm. to the like civil war where yep. she just lost control of her powers and people died and like that's you no know, other part of her trauma uh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the parts that that did happen it didn't make me cry but the the vision line of i was a voice without a body i was a body but not human oh, i yeah. was, that was a memory beautiful. brought to life and what will i be the next time it reminded me of a thing and i found it online that paul bettany said at ace comic con he said uh, i had just got done with a meeting with the producer who told me my career was over that it was done yeah. and that i should pack my bags and go home and i kind of stood up to him and i said listen you know in this town, actors have second and third acts, and you should mind your fucking manners. I walk, I walked out, and then my legs gave way uh, because I think maybe my career is over. Then I sit down on the sidewalk on sunset, and I went, wow, maybe my career is over. My phone rang. I answered it. It, uh, it was a number I didn't recognize. I went, hello, and it's the producer of, of the movie, and he says, would you like to play Vision in the Avengers? Yes. Yes, I do. Thank you very much. Like... To think that your career is over and then eventually just you're, you're now in WandaVision where you get to do these amazing lines. And, and I've been saying it throughout, like both Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany did a great job of chasing, changing out their personality to whatever series they were doing yeah. at the moment, like sitcom. Like it, I just thought they did a masterclass in acting for me. Like oh, it, yeah. was, it was great. No, absolutely. So just, yeah, just to have that story of, I mean, obviously, he was already playing the voice of Vision. Like, maybe you're not doing the acting that you want to do, but you're going to be at least making money for <laughs> for a while doing Vision voices. Or, I'm sorry, Jarvis voices. Uh, but then, yes, you know, getting a bigger part in Age of Ultron means that you get to do more. Yeah. <clears throat> so. John, did I you have any last... Oh, I, want, I wanted to actually wanted to do a check in with John. John, what are the things that we missed? What's like the the deep Reddit factoids? <laughs> you know, I don't think there were any. Um, Damn it! After like some of the big stuff that didn't come through, um, everything was. This was relatively pretty straightforward. Um, like what we saw was what we got. It that was um, both you know the simplicity of it, but also. Um, just maybe some of the disappointment, like I mentioned earlier, that there wasn't really more to it, but it didn't really need it. It was just some of us that were just wanting to grasp for more because we weren't quite ready to let go. Like <laughs> in a way, it's its own little mini metaphor of, you know, something happens and then you just have to move on, and some of us aren't ready to do that. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Uh, if there's no other part that anybody wants to talk about, I'll go ahead and sign us down. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Steven, where can people find you online? You can find me all across the internet as Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent on Twitter in specific. Uh, Jessica? You can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey Writes. 
John? And I'm also on Twitter as at Magic Bollocks. And Elizabeth? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Check out uh, our website for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. Please check out our Patreon. You can get exclusive mer- uh, exclusive material that only our patrons have, exclu- have access to. And whatever podcatcher you use, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But mm-hmm. until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.